Okay, ladies and gentlemen, uh, thank you very much, and sorry about the delay in starting. Um, welcome to the LSE Literary Festival, and welcome to this um, Forum for European, European Philosophy Dialogue. I'm Simon Glendinning. I'm the director of the Forum for European Philosophy, and I'm delighted to welcome here today Amit Chowdhury and Ian Jack, who will be talking for about half an hour, followed by about 15 minutes of uh, opportunities for you to ask questions in turn. And then there'll be a break, and then there'll be some music, and I'll tell you a bit more about that in a moment. But first I want to say three independent words about Amit. First of all, Amit is a novelist and a poet. And among the many prizes he's won for his fiction are the Commonwealth Writers' Prize, the Los Angeles Times Book Prize, and the Sahita Academy Prize. And he's a fellow of the Royal Society of Literature. His novels include The Immortals, A New World, Freedom Song, three novels, A Strange and Sublime Address, Afternoon Rag, and St. Cyril Road, and other poems as poetry book. Now I want to put you to put that all that I've just said to one side as if I never said it. Because Amit is Professor of Contemporary Literature at the University of East Anglia. He's written a critical study of D.H. Lawrence's poetry, a collection of critical essays containing reflections on India, literature and culture. He writes regularly for the London Review of Books and in 2009 he was one of the judges of the Man Booker Prize. I want you to put all that to one side as if I'd never said it. Because Amit is a musician. He's a vocalist who performs, and he performs what I'm about to say he performs at once, in both the tradition of Western popular music and the classical Indian tradition. The question of what that is when he does that at once, at the same time, will become clearer to you actually later, but it's perhaps forewarned of a too quick answer to that question by the name of his first CD, which is, This is not fusion. No, it's not, but it is brilliant. Uh, speaking for myself, I would have been happy with any of those three lives I just described. And uh, I think it's a remarkable fact that anybody could occupy all three at once. Now, we're going to have in a moment a conversation with, um, with Ian Jack, who's a columnist for The Guardian and for the LRB, and he's a former editor of Granta and of The Independent on Sunday. As I say, they'll have about half an hour of conversation, followed by 15 minutes of uh, contributions from the audience, which, because of our restricted time today, I'd ask you very politely but firmly if you could keep your questions short so that we can get in as many as possible. That will be followed by a 20-minute interval where there will be free drinks for you outside, uh, where the Amit's band, the Amit Chowdhury band, will uh, set up and give a performance um, for about an hour and a half, or what is it? Uh, afterwards, live. And also you can buy uh, books and CDs of his outside as well. So it's all available this evening from this remarkable three-in-one man. Um, the format for this, this event uh, follows a Forum for European Philosophy dialogue format. Um, for a long time this was used by us 
as an opportunity to interview elder statesmen and women uh, in philosophy about their long and distinguished careers. We then went for dialogues where there were two younger people discussing uh, a dead person. Well, um, as we can see, without having become elderly or dead, <laughs> uh, Amit has already packed more into his working life than most of us will do into a very long one. So we think that he's ready for this. And with thanks to Ian for guiding the session, uh, please welcome Amit Chowdhury, novelist, poet, teacher, critic, essayist, and musician. Well, I mean, first of all, I must check. Is this working okay? Can you hear me? No? There's a no there? Is it, is it my quiet Fife voice that's the problem, perhaps? Long sessions in Fife schools being beaten if you spoke too loudly. Um, I mean, I think we last met in, in very interesting circumstances in Alipur jail in Calcutta. You had come to see me. I had come to see you <laughs> there, give you some files and cakes and provisions. <laughs> no, it was, it was because you were, you were going there as a, as a literary person in Calcutta, yeah. and I can't remember why, why the reason, what was happening in the jail. But there was the a, inmates uh, had, had put together a magazine. And right, they, that's yeah, correct. They, yeah. So yeah, they, they were releasing that magazine with, with, within the jail. Yeah. Now, Calcutta is a, is, a, is a big subject, but, and you have written several novels and, and many books of many essays, but I don't think you've written a non-fiction narrative before, have you? Um, in, in the sense of a whole book? A whole book, yes. And something which isn't uh, a PhD thesis. No, I haven't. Okay. No, no. So this is your first, the book that hasn't yet appeared, this is the book that hasn't yet appeared, yes. is about Calcutta. That's right. Yes. Why did you decide to move into non-fiction to write about Calcutta? Um, I, I, I mean, I'll be very honest with you. I didn't decide. Uh, my agent, Peter Strauss, <laughs> had, had been pushing me to write this book for a while. And I said, look, I have no intention of writing another book on Calcutta because many of my novels are, are about the city. Uh, are about Calcutta, and I and I and I also thought to myself that I've written enough about Calcutta, and um, and the Calcutta which which really moved me and which was kind of transformative for me uh, when I was growing up, because I was born in Calcutta, but I I, I was I grew up in Bombay. Um, that that city I I had felt no, you know ceased to exist by let's say 1979. Mm -hmm. Bring a precise date. To okay. It. Anyway, but. Um, so I didn't want to write about the Calcutta of the 80s and the 90s and the Calcutta which I returned to when I returned to India, uh, simply because um, in many ways it was a, a disappointment to me uh, and, and it wasn't the city which had made me a writer in many senses. Can I just, what was it like then in the 70s, before 79? What do you remember of it as a, um, as I, a city? I, 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 for me, Calcutta is the city where I first encountered modernity. Um, I was growing up in Bombay, um, and of course, I mean, Bombay had its own kind of pockets of modernity as well, probably. But when I say modernity, I mean something very specific. Um, I, I, mean, um, I mean a life of the streets, a certain kind of architecture, a, a life within the home, uh, 
a coexistence of decay and life which is very peculiar to the modern to the modern mm-hmm. city uh, and the fact that one might even savor this particular paradoxical coexistence of 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 decay and liveliness mm-hmm. uh, and and it is something which i encountered later in other cities including new york and i encountered mm-hmm. in the literature of other cities like dublin mm-hmm. um but i actually encountered in a proper city in calcutta and I, of course i didn't mm-hmm. know what it was but i quick swiftly grew addic- addicted to it uh, i i i kind of became an addict of that kind of modernity so when i whenever i would encounter it elsewhere i would i would sniff it out just as as an addict sniffs out mm-hmm. you know his his fix um but but did but you find it in london when you came to london L- london was very was actually very bleak i mean it's it's full of it but i, I couldn't see it at, at the time when i was a student here in the early oh. 80s and and one had to i had first visited london in the 70s and i had to kind of cope with the whole business of racism as well which i think mm-hmm. in the in the 70s was you know uh, a, 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 a was something of a stronger presence yes, than, than yes. we we realize yes. you know um so so just 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 the terror of having to get past the immigration desk uh took away from me my my openness to my surroundings okay. so uh, london i couldn't see properly until much later um but i remember Uh, you know when i went to america for the first time and we spent two weeks or it seemed like two weeks it might have been one week in in san diego you know which was my first encounter with suburbia mm-hmm. uh, and 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 I, th- and i i remember thinking in 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 about an hour what what is this place what is mm-hmm. this place all about you know and and i i i do remember feeling suffocated just as that the addict feels kind of withdrawal symptoms when 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 they don't get what they want mm-hmm. and, and and then i remember going to new york after what seemed like two weeks must might have been two days you know and 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 the moment i was in new york and this is 1979 not the new york of giuliani but the new york in kind of economic decline mm-hmm. um so 79 again that that date mm-hmm. which which i mentioned uh, in in relation to calcutta i remember coming back to life you know and, mm-hmm. and and because it was that modernity was there which ginsburg has written about which hart crane has written about uh that 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 paradox of 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 life and 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 stink and decay which yeah. i had grown addicted to having first encountered it in calcutta but i don't think that that particular life uh could have that allure without it having a place in our intellectual and imaginative scheme of things and even if i didn't know to what extent it was a part of an intellectual project the project mm-hmm. of modernity that by which i mean uh, to to see things in that particular way it was a part of of that of a particular way of looking at things in calcutta just as it was right. in new york but that would strike somebody like me as being very paradoxical because uh calcutta to me meant the 19th century yeah and it meant modernity in the sense that dickens understood modernity i guess mm. um because so much of it is victorian and a lot of its spirit is victorian so i would never i would have said mumbai was modernity 
obviously, this is a difference of interpretation. It's, it's just a different kind of take on the word. It's a different take yeah. on the word, yeah. yeah. So, so when you began this non-fiction account, which you've now finished, yeah? It's is it safe to talk about it now? Can it be revised, revisited? I mean, is it... Um, it's, it's more or less done. Okay. But it's not safe to talk about it, but we can talk about okay. it. Okay, <laughs> okay. Since I promised <laughs> Did you find it difficult to change from fiction to non-fiction, that kind of writing? Not really, because uh, uh, I, I have been writing essays for a long time, yes. as you know. Yes. And I love the essay as a form. And I, I think uh, the, the book is essayistic. I, I mean, I, I kind of uh, decided early on well, firstly, I, I told you why I didn't want to write the book mm -hmm. on Calcutta, despite mm -hmm. Peter Strauss my yes. having said, well, write a book on Calcutta. Um, I, I told you why I didn't, but at a certain point, and I, I wanted to write a book on Berlin, actually, um, but he, <laughs> he, he, he didn't want me to do that. But um, I will still write the book. I don't listen to my agent. I, I will still Obviously, in this instance, yes. you did, though. Well, I did five years after he had said okay. so, and I had rejected his, his uh, request. When I, f when I began to think that the story of what happened after that thriving paradoxical modernity came to ebb all mm -hmm. over the world, mm -hmm. including in, in Calcutta, uh, what happened to Calcutta after that, that, that might be interesting. You know, um, I hadn't been looking at that particular Calcutta, and I began to look at it. I began to look at it especially after a friend of mine, a poet who writes in Bengali, uh, told me a couple of anecdotes about, about his nocturnal kind of explorations of Calcutta. Right. So he said, you know, there are times, this is a man in his 70s. Uh, he's probably Bengal's finest living poet. In, uh, Utpal Basu is his name. So he says, um, yeah, at, at about 10.30 at night, I go off to Shialda Station, which is in North Calcutta, mm -hmm. which is a big kind of place for, 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 for migrant labor to enter and leave Calcutta. Uh, the, the huge numbers of people come in through Shialda Station and then leave at night. Mm -hmm. So he, 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 he said that I used to go there at times just just listen to what people were saying to each other. And this is mainly the homeless. So 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 so, so very different Calcutta from the Bhadralok or genteel person Calcutta, which was the Calcutta of modernity. Mm -hmm. um, so uh, he said that I began to listen to this old woman um, who was homeless and whom he called mm, Gyano Bhandari, which means treasure, um, a woman who is a treasure trove of wisdom. I mean, he was being ironical, but, but there was a kind of truth to, to, to what he, sa uh, he said as well. And he, he remembered two of her remarks. Um, one was probably made to a policeman who was trying to harass her and some, some homeless people, and she said, uh, Amra Pagol. Which means we might be destitute, but we aren't mad. And 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 uh, she, uh, um, Utpal Basu said, it struck me then that for the destitute, sanity is 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 a prized asset. I mean, if you if yes. you are if you're mad and on the streets, and there are people like that in Calcutta, uh, then you really have nothing at all. Um, and the other anecdote had to do with her as well, and. It was one homeless person coming to her and asking her for somebody's address written on 
a sheet of paper, somebody else who was homeless. So the address was just a landmark or something. And she said, What will I do with an address? Tell me where he rests his head. You know, so again, Utpal Basu had this epiphany, thinking that, of course, I mean, for the destitute and the poor, the address doesn't matter. It's where you fall asleep that matters. Um, when, he, when he told me these two animals, I suddenly realized that there's more going on around me than I realized. You know? And that's when I began to look at this Calcutta. Which, which because it, it was such a, a disappointment to me in terms of the Bhadralok having disappeared, the bourgeois <laughs> having disappeared, um, because it was in the bourgeois imagination that that modernity, which I talked about, had greatest play. <laughs> you know, um, that I thought there was nothing left, and 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 then I suddenly began to realize that there is something going on. Um, and that, that's when I began to think, right. maybe I'll, I'll take up this project to see what is going on. Okay. Do you, this is a very simple and ordinary question, do you like living there? Um, it, it doesn't have a simple answer though. Um, I mean... Like many simple questions. <laughs> uh, I, I kind of, I, every day I think, uh, once a day I will think I, I'm going to leave this city. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and um, when I'm not there, I mean, I used to miss it a lot when I was growing up. Um, How old were you, sorry, when you left Calcutta for Bombay? So I, I would go to Calcutta for, the summer, for my summer holidays or mm. winter vacations. And, and then the, the rest of the year, which was me in Bombay going to school, I would, I would be missing Calcutta. I'd be just waiting to mm-hmm. get back. Mm-hmm. Um, when I moved there in 1999, um, I mean, I'd been in England before that for 16 yeah. years. When I moved there, I did so knowing uh, that, that that Calcutta, which I had loved so much as a child, didn't really exist. Um, but I, I wanted to get back because I was physically homesick for India. Um, and I think when I say physically homesick for India, I mean a mixture of things which includes, you know, sound, bird call, open windows, but also maybe petrol fumes and, and traffic uh, and, and, and things like that. Mustard oil. Mustard oil, uh, uh, bhog rice getting boiled and, and, and all of that. Um, I, I was, I, I physically missed it. So, so I, I needed to get back. Uh, mm-hmm. my, my, uh, my sort of, my interest in music, in, in Indian classical music, not, not just my interest, my, my kind of investment in it meant mm-hmm. that I spent a lot of time in India anyway because mm-hmm. I had to kind of go to my teacher, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. get more stuff out of him and, and, and practice mm-hmm. with, with, my, with, with, with those people whom I usually practiced with. Um, and then my daughter was born and, you know, um, and, I, and the other thing was, I mean, Thatcher and Tony Blair and, and what they'd done to England, I thought. You thought it was uh, a good place to leave, really? I thought it was good to leave. And I thought they might, you know, I thought maybe they'd done some good things for England, but, 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 but what they'd done to its its bookshops and and television and newspapers, mm-hmm. I didn't think much of, you know. I thought it's time to get away. Uh, in nineteen ninety nine, I thought yeah. Calcutta, yeah, even if even though it's in decline, no longer the city it used to be, I still have more to discover there than I do over here. Uh, and this mm-hmm. may not be true at all. I mean, but at that time it seemed like 
you know, so you're, you have an ambiguous relationship with it. Then, like, very ambiguous, be because also I, I didn't grow up there. It's a very, very, with the middle class over there, on, on all its levels, I mean, the academic class, the, the, the artistic lot, everybody, they're very incestuous. And, and, and it's, the language is anecdotal. And it goes back to childhood, it goes back to the education, it goes back to the school they went to, and mm. especially the colleges they, mm. they went to in Calcutta. Mm. So they share anecdotes, they share a language, and if you, if you can't, if you, if you don't share that language with them, it's def def very difficult to break through. Uh, mm. And you cannot make friends uh, mm. on, 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 on the basis of intellectual commonality. Right. I, I really don't think you can do that. There has that. to be some familial basis. There has to be a familial basis which is invented, of course, because mm -hmm. it's not as if they're all related to each mm -hmm. other, but it's as if they were. <laughs> and, but, but, and, but if you're if you if you're not related to them in that way, and, and more importantly, if you don't want to be related to them mm -hmm. in that way, you don't want to be part of that family, mm -hmm. um, it's difficult on the basis of, of some shared intellectual kind of, you know. Yes, yes. Uh, so you're a kind of outsider there. Yeah, would be fair to say that. Yeah. Now, we, because you've mentioned music, and because we haven't got long, yeah. um, I just want to ask a couple of questions really about music. Yeah. Your mother was a classical, classical trained yeah, singer. Yes. She, she's a singer of Tagore songs and Nazrul okay. songs, and yeah. When did you first come across what we'll have to call Western music? When did that? When did I come across Western music? I mean, was that always in your family? Was it was it there from the beginning? It was. I don't know. I mean, it's it was there in the India I was growing up in. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, I must have come across Tagore songs when I was very small. But um, I liked the way my mother sang it, sang them. But I I didn't like the way anybody else sang them. And, and sweetly, yeah, yeah. yeah. And <laughs> um, it's very odd because she's a one-off. She's she used to sing them in a very unsentimental way. Tagore songs are sung mm -hmm, in this mm -hmm. very schmaltzy way. There are about two singers, one of whom is my mother. Mm -hmm. who, and I know I'm, I'm, I'm saying things very un, which would be very unpopular with Bengalis in the audience. This is being recorded, you think? Will it be a tape sent yeah. back? But, but um, so I didn't, I didn't like the Tagore song thing. The Indian classical music, I didn't understand at all. Um, it, it sounded like what it sounded like to you know, English colonials, like, like mm -hmm. gargling when I was very small. Mm -hmm. I think all kinds of classical music sounds strange to, to, you know, to people when they first hear it. And um, Hindi film songs I got to hear from you know, people who looked after me, it's the servants or whatever. The, mm -hmm. uh, and, and I think Western, Western music, I, 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 when my father bought a hi-fi, we, we, he, he had a record changer you know, where, where a stack mm -hmm. of records stacked like pancakes mm -hmm. would then plop down. Right, right. Yeah, yes, one yes, after right, another. Yeah. Uh, he had a record changer which, which he had taken back from England when he returned to India. And then he, that, that kind of became untenable at a certain point in time. And he bought this hi-fi. Must have been in 1969 or something. And we mm. got some complimentary records, uh, among which was the best of the Who mm -hmm. and, and, a, and a Polydor compilation. And, okay. and, and then I really got into the Who, right. and I got into the mm. Bee Gees as well. I mean, I know this really? is going to make me unpopular, but the, the early Bee Gees are really an underrated, much maligned <laughs> uh, 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 band. Um, they, they, they were really very, very good. Um, so, so I got into the Bee Gees, got, got, uh, got into 
the who and and then I had a moment of uh, a traumatic moment when I when the Bee Gees came together again and was singing full set. Uh, when yes. I realized that was another kind of break in my life. I guess we couldn't <laughs> couldn't get on with the Bee Gees anymore. But yeah, Saturday Night Fever not a big record. Not a big recommendation as far as I'm concerned. Okay. So cl- classical music was not. I mean, you weren't Beethoven and Mozart. So they Beethoven, weren't coming in. along with the record changer and. Uh, the, 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 the West End version with Julie Andrews of My Fair Lady. Mm-hmm. Uh, my father had also brought back Beethoven's nine symphonies um, uh, conducted by Herbert von Karajan. Right. Yeah. So I used to listen to that. Uh, I quite liked it. I used to get very emotional listening mm-hmm. to the Seventh Symphony. Um, but, right. but, but I never got seriously into it. I, I, I had noticed that, you know... Um, the kind of people in India who, who liked, who professed to like Western classical music were quite boring people. So, so I kind of went in the other direction. And quite a small number also. <laughs> but but um, and I, got de- I, 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 I got drawn to Western pop and rock music. Here's a ridiculous question I'm going to yeah. ask you. You might just be able to shed some light on it. Why is it that Japan and the countries of the East, yeah. China, pour out classical musicians Western in the Western classical musicians yeah. and India simply does not simply isn't interested in that way apart from perhaps uh, well, the Parsi, Parsi community in, in, yeah. in, 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 in Bombay is there, any, is there any kind of easy explanation for that? Is there any easy uh, uh, th- no there's no easy explanation it, it has to do with um, I mean th- there has been a Japanese modernity uh, mm. and there has been an Indian modernity uh, but I'm not sure in what way Japanese music is imagined into Japanese <coughs> modernity. Mm-hmm. You know, that, that is the world after the emperors and or, yes. or whatever, after mm-hmm. certain codes uh, cease to exist. Uh, but Indian classical music, for better or for worse, it's for both actually, is very much a, is inextricable from the Indian secular imagination. Mm-hmm. By, by, mm-hmm. Uh, by North Indian classical music. Mm-hmm. South Indian classical music, in many ways, was for a long time still seen in partly in its kind of temple context, which might be might have been transplanted onto the concert stage in a big city, mm-hmm. but you would you would have this kind of vision of another context when you were. But but mm-hmm. but with with uh, with North Indian classical music and the way it's been used, both in the classical context in concerts, but also. Uh, as part of film scores, but also used by South Indian film di- uh, uh, music directors mm-hmm. uh, instead of South Indian Carnatic music, yes. m- means that it became a pan-Indian music and became part of this kind of secular imagination mm-hmm. uh, in a way that I, I don't know uh, that it happened in, in, in Japan or China. In Japan or China yeah. That's a very polite answer. I've heard less polite answers <laughs> in India. <laughs> saying their music's rubbish, so why wouldn't they like Beethoven and Mozart? Yeah. I don't think um, the music but we won't is rubbish. No, no, obviously yeah, not. Yeah. No, 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 it can't be. Well, I think, are we, how are we doing for time? Uh, we have a little time for audience questions. Yes, well, I mean, uh, because we've got quite, a, got quite a lot to get through, I mean, because you're performing later. So why don't we have some questions from the audience? would be a nice thing to have. The gentleman there in the white shirt, just at the end of the aisle. Hi Amit, thanks for uh, sharing uh, lots of very personal um, experiences. It's very uh, nice of you. I'm just wondering, uh, 
You have stayed in lots of places. So from started from uh, Calcutta to Bombay to New York, London. What is what is your if I can ask you is your what is your anchor, your home of what do you think of as home? Which is is it Calcutta, the house in Calcutta, or the house in Bombay, or? Did everybody hear that? Which is where does where does Amit feel at home? Where's his anchor? Is it Bombay? Is it Calcutta? Is it London? Is it Norwich? Norwich. Norwich. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, 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 I think as I was growing up, I romanticized Calcutta as my home. It was, of course, essential that I didn't actually leave. Uh, I, I didn't actually live in Calcutta for me to you know, romanticize it in that way. If, I, if Calcutta was actually my home, I wouldn't have maybe thought it was my home. Mm -hmm. but, but, you know, um, I think if there's one city I had thought of while growing up as my home in a completely romantic, invented way, it was Calcutta. Um, and so, you know, when I, when I, when I would think back to my childhood, I, it, 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 it would be taken up with a disproportionate amount of memories about Calcutta as if I'd grown up there. Um, now that I live there, I, I, I feel I don't know the city at all. I mean, I, I, I really don't feel any connection to it. So I don't, think I've don't tell that on the book tour. Yes, yes. I've said that <laughs> in the book, though. Uh, but I, I, um, as to w I, I live in Calcutta most of the year. Norwich, which Ian mentioned, is, is where I spend the autumn. Uh, but... Well, living in Calcutta, I, I don't feel it, it's my home. But, you know, if I didn't, you know, but I suppose that is my home. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Lady there on the, my left, at the end of that row. Hello. Uh, you've spoken about um, what made you leave uh, the UK to move to Calcutta in 1999 and the differences between so the UK and Calcutta. Uh, what would you consider the similarities between a city like Calcutta and, and London? What, what are things that sort of link them? There are many things that sort of divorce them, but what, what links them, in your opinion? Um, colonial history links them, but you know, I mean, this is this is this is this is quite an appropriate question because the, we, West Bengal now has a new chief minister, and who's who's a bit bit of a you know, nutcase. And, and uh, uh, she, she, one of the first things she said was, um, we, want to, we want to turn Calcutta into London. Um, My so, God. Yeah, so, so people had exactly the same reaction which you have j uh, just expressed right now. Uh, and, 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 um, and then she clarified and said, no, both, both cities are cities by the river. You know, and and uh, uh, and look at what London has done with its, you know, with its river and its riverbank, and and Calcutta should be really doing much more. Um, now, you know, Calcutta is a is a colonial city. Unlike London, it's also a very new city in comparison. I mean, L London is is old old city. Calcutta feels old, but is is just more than three hundred years old. Um, The, the, the commonalities should be linked to the fact of colonial history that uh, London was the, the capital of the empire, 
Calcutta at one time was the capital of India, was supposed to be the second city of the empire. I, I, feel, the, I, feel, I feel the differences are much more interesting. Uh, I mean, one should feel um, that there's, there's, there's a lot of truth to the fact that what's interesting about Calcutta, what, one of the interesting things, there are many interesting things, but one of the interesting things uh, is the colonial architecture, the colonial legacy uh, in, in Calcutta. Um, but th th there are ob obviously that there are colonial modulations to that archi architecture which makes it feel very different. So Calcutta has, and, 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 and so there, there's, a, there's a hybrid architecture and a hybrid way of living. Uh, um, so, so Calcutta has um, houses with, with balconies, uh, verandas, and, and it has a lot of things, a lot of features which, which have nothing to do with, with Britain or, or with London. It, it also has French windows. Calcutta is, is one place which is full of these green shuttered French windows which soon are going to be found only in museums because they're destroying all those houses. Um, those probably would have come in with the French in the, in the 17th and 18th century. The French came in very early and they had an outpost in Bengal, which, which isn't that, in Chandanagore, which isn't very far from, from Calcutta. It's kind of 50 miles away maybe from, from Calcutta. Um, and and uh, those, those, those French windows um, I find very, very interesting because they, they are part of Calcutta in a way which, which not many of us are aware of. Uh, 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 by, by which I mean to say that, that uh, you know there is a there is a kind of tradition of painting in Calcutta uh, called the, the Kalighat paintings, which came about as in the 19th century as devotional paintings in in an area called Kalighat, where which is maybe the oldest area in Calcutta, which has a temple. Many of the painters might have been Muslims, but they were painting. Um, Hindu subjects, which were then being sold, uh, presumably to, to temple goers, and uh, and the, the, these these paintings are, are extremely interesting because they let in the contemporary. So 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 you have the god Karthik wear, wearing uh, buckled shoes and with a Prince Albert haircut and and and, and various other details. Um, one interesting detail which occurs very early on in some of these Kalighat paintings with, with Shiv uh, and let's say Shiv and his, uh, Shiva, the god Shiva and, and his family standing and doing something are houses with French windows. Now, they are one of those elements in Calcutta which makes it what it is, which is a very kind of hybrid kind of city which is with a sense, with an odd sense of, of the other, of elsewhere, of foreignness. Uh, when when I when I came to London, and discovered this city of semi-detached houses, etc., etc., uh, you know, I, it didn't occur to me then, but uh, later on did it begin uh, to to occur to me that you know, the, what what is the connection, um, and 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 so to to answer your question. I don't know what the connection is. I mean, there is a colonial history, uh, but there is also so much else that has gone into creating Calcutta, which makes it very much different 
from, a, from being just a, a British invention. Um, and, and, but it is a very cosmopolitan hybridity I'm talking about. I'm not talking about something that's simply you know, authentically Indian. It's not authentically mm. this, authentically mm. that. It's a mix of, of things. I mean, the city that... Sorry, I, I'm not, I shouldn't be answering this question. This question's to you. No, no, you um, uh, the city that I'm always reminded of uh, in Calcutta is Glasgow. Um, not, I mean, Calcutta is a far greater place and a far bigger place, and in a way a far more interesting place. But, but the kind of atmosphere of it always reminds me of Glasgow in the 1950s. Mm-hmm. Not Glasgow anymore, but Glasgow in the 50s. Mm. Anyway, is there another? Yes, there's a lady right in the middle there. Um, Um, except for kind of relatives, not not really. You think he should be? <laughs> Are you? Ah, <laughs> uh, there's a lady down at the front here as well. Sorry, in the stripes. Have I missed somebody? Um, you mentioned that the um, the houses in Calcutta with the French windows are being destroyed, yeah. um, which reminds me of what happened in what I knew as Bombay and was in love with as Bombay in the 70s. Bombay now haven't been back, but I understand it's been th- uh, redeveloped to, an ex- to quite a great extent, and they now call it Mumbai. Uh, what is your feeling about the, um, the sort of the, 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 whole, the wholesale redevelopment of many parts of the world, but particularly uh, India? Um, I, uh, I feel a great dis- disquiet about, about the way you know, Asian cities kind of destroy and reinvent their past. Um, it's, 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 happened, I mean, it's happened in Bombay, but in Bombay there's still a kind of consciousness, I would say, an awareness about trying to preserve some of, some of those buildings uh, in comparison to Calcutta. In Calcutta, uh, there's a lot of uh, destruction going on. Um, there, is, there is kind of lip service paid to the idea of heritage. I'm not really interested in heritage. Uh, I, I'm, I'm not interested in the... High, I don't want these houses to, you know, to, 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 to be preserved because of some idea of heritage, but, but because they are, they, they, they are part of a lived fabric and 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 uh, you know they 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 are kind of actors in a story as much as people are um but you know uh, i became very aware of this problem having traveled uh, uh, to to a few asian cities like hong kong kuala lumpur then later on beijing to a, to a, to a certain extent but um especially kuala lumpur and hong kong kind of really disturbed me because the, the, you, you, the, there was absolutely no evidence of of what the past might have been like you know it, mm. I, I, I thought so I mean Well, with, with Hong Kong, you know, I, I, I say this, I mean, I'm not an authority on Hong Kong, it's just that it, it has some roads which have the same names as roads in Calcutta, like Lansdowne Road. But, mm. but you know, you see absolutely no evidence there of, of, of a commonality, of, 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 of it's, it's all new. I mean, mm-hmm. uh, so, so uh, uh, 
and this happened to the the city the indian city to which this has really happened is pune which is outside bombay which had wonderful architecture and it's it's all gone it's all gone it's become a a featureless bombay suburb now mm-hmm. um now the moment you say all this you're of course open to to criticism you know uh, people today by default are against nostalgia that the, also there's a different idea of a post colonial city being about the homeless and all of that um so i think it's a very it's a very tricky kind of situation uh, when it when it comes to the to the houses and yeah we have time for one last question and oh my goodness me there's a race between two hands maybe you can combine it as one question um perhaps it should be that lady in the middle because i think she had her hand up before yes yourself Uh, well as a as a writer uh, or a musician i i can't kind of uh, choose between the two but as a listener or a reader i would probably be listening to music rather than reading a book rather rather than reading a book really yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's interesting and seeing a film perhaps rather than reading a book seeing hbo yeah okay <laughs> fair enough that sense yeah, i can see why all things can tempt me from this craft of verse uh, and including yeah. hbo and and yeah. right yeah right well on that uplifting note uh, on that bombshell we shall uh, <laughs> well thank god we are about to have music so yeah thank you, thank you very much So we have an interval now of 20 minutes. Uh there's drinks for everybody outside. Um I think also just before you go we should also thank Ian Jack for conducting the conversation so much. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. So uh back in 20 minutes for the Amit Chowdhury band. <laughs>